Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. In Iconium, people were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because their continued witness, their continued sharing. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and they poisoned their minds against the brethren. And so they left town again. That's not what it says, is it? If you got your Bibles, what does it say? They stayed there a long time. They had determination to continue to stay. Whenever there is a work of God, there is a work of the devil. But then there is always an even greater work of God. Today, Pastor David will be challenging you to not give up following after and serving the Lord. If you're experiencing spiritual warfare, it's because God is using you to help further his kingdom. The real danger is if you're not experiencing any spiritual warfare, because it reveals you're not a threat. The early church experienced great persecution, but they pressed on anyway. And here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 14. This begins his message, A Bold Determination. the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, and they raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. But they, the disciples, shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Even after persecution, even after literally being run out of the city, the disciples were filled with joy and, uh, and with the Holy Spirit. When the team arrived in Antioch, they went to the synagogue. They had the opportunity to share the hope of the gospel with those that were there. Some rejected that message. Some had believed that message. Others were curious. And so again, they planned that they would come back again that next day. We looked at this last week. During that week, the word had gotten out that these men had brought a powerful message about the hope and the love of God. And so Luke tells us that that next Sabbath day, almost the entire city turned out that next week to be able to hear what these travelers were saying. Then due to, literally due to extreme jealousy, the Jewish leaders there of that synagogue, they stirred up the people and drove Paul and Barnabas out of the area. And so they left Antioch and they traveled eastward about 150 miles to a whole nother region, to the region of Lyconia, to a city called Iconium. Now, chapter 14, that's where we're at right now. Chapter 14, beginning in verse one. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. You see, he hadn't given up on the Jews yet. 
Once again, he goes to the synagogue. And so he spoke, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. There in Iconium, people were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because their continued witness, their continued sharing. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and they poisoned their minds against the brethren. And so they left town again. That's not what it says, is it? If you got your Bibles, what does it say? They stayed there a long time. They had determination to continue to stay. Even though there were many that were not believing, there were many that, again, uh, were getting ready to, to come against them. They stayed for a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. They did not back down. Speaking boldly in the Lord, who is bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So much was going on in Iconium at that time. And once again, although Paul had told the Jews in Antioch, hey, we're not gonna go to the Jews anymore. We're gonna go now to the Gentiles still. He went to the synagogue. They began, again, speaking the truth of God's word to them. Multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, were believing. And yet, once again, that Jewish leadership stirred up the Gentiles, poison their minds against the brethren. But here, Paul and the company, instead of leaving, they were determined to stay, uh, again, stay to further explain the gospel, to pour into the lives of these people. They stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord. And as they ministered the word of the Lord in this boldness, the Lord granted to them signs and wonders. Signs and wonders as a validation of their call as messengers of God, as a validation of the message that they were delivering. Luke tells us that in spite of that persecution, in spite of the pushback, they continued speaking boldly. When the Holy Spirit is moving, he gives great boldness to be able to proclaim the word of God. And even in difficult places, you can stand and stand firm in the Lord as the Holy Spirit is empowering and equipping you. Not, you're not standing there sharing the Lord in some irritating, some, some obnoxious way, but you're sharing it in the power of the Spirit. And this whole idea of boldness seems to pretty much represent the whole heart and the passion of the Apostle Paul. He was a guy that all through his life, all through his ministry, this boldness was there. The boldness to be able to stand before Jewish courts and to be able to declare the truth of the gospel. The boldness to be able to stand before city magistrates and leaders and proclaim the message of the gospel. The boldness to be able to stand before Roman leaders, those that have the power of life and death over him, and still proclaim the hope and the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of man that Paul was, but more than the kind of man, it was the work, the ministry, and that empowering work of the Holy Spirit within his life. As we read through the passages here in the, in the book of Acts, Paul would speak boldly to those that the Lord led him to, to speak the bold or with that bold confidence to speak again of the freedom and the life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Later, while he was even under house arrest, he continued to speak in boldness, even sharing the reality and the hope and the faith of Jesus Christ with those soldiers that were standing guard over him. 
and also many places. Here now in Iconium, the Holy Spirit is moving. He demonstrates the truth of the word that Paul and the others were sharing with these signs and wonders. Luke doesn't tell us what kind of signs and wonders it was, no doubt. There were times of healings. There were times of deliverance among the people, perhaps other miracles. We just don't know. Although the Jewish leadership tried to poison the minds of the people, God still showed his good pleasure by granting to them these signs and these wonders as a demonstration. No, this is the power of God. This isn't just the word of man. This is the power of God that's come to visit you, to show himself, and to show his truth to you. You would think that with the boldness of the messengers as they proclaim again the power of the message of the gospel and the fact that God was giving these people signs and wonders, you would have thought there would have been this massive citywide revival meeting. But that's not the case. Because the heart of man is still hard. And beloved, we might try any way and every way that we can to try and spark up the presentation of the gospel. But unless man's heart is open to hear the word of God, he's still going to reject it. We may have the slickest presentation, the funniest of jokes to get their attention, the greatest of leading stories to draw in an illustration. We can have everything at our disposal, but beloved, if the Holy Spirit is not in that message, and if that heart is not ready to hear, it all comes to no avail. As a matter of fact, here in Iconium, Luke tells us that there became this great division. Verse 4 says, but the multitude of the city was divided. Part of them sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to abuse and to stone them, to stone the disciples or the apostles, they became aware of it, and they fled then to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, still in the same region, not too far away, but outside of Iconium. And they, and they went to the surrounding region. They were preaching the gospel there. They did not stop preaching the gospel. They continued Again, wherever they went. Lystra and Derby, not very far from Iconium. Lystra is about 50 miles away. Derby's about 20, 25 miles beyond that. And you need to understand, if they were fleeing just the persecution, they would have gone much further. But you see what they were, instead of fleeing persecution, I think that they were looking for a place and for a people that would accept the message of the gospel. They got out of there because they were getting ready to stone them. Yes, they knew these people were not going to listen anymore. So let's go to a place where they will listen. Just as they shook off the dust of their sandals there in Antioch, I believe they probably did the same thing as they left Iconium. And, but even in Iconium, though, you remember, there were some that had believed, some that had listened, heard, and believed the word that Paul and the other disciples were speaking. So we're going to find out a little bit later, they're actually going to come back again. But for right now, they were looking for more opportunities to impart the truth to willing ears and hearts. I think of any missionary endeavor, any missionary endeavor, whether it be a, a home missionary or a foreign missionary, 
I believe that we do good to heed the words of Jesus when Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. There are going to be people who are willing to hear the truth of the gospel as you share that. There's going to be family members that are going to be willing to hear what's taking place in your life as you open up your heart to them of how Jesus Christ has changed you when you came by faith to receive, again, the forgiveness of your sin. There's going to be co-workers that are going to be willing to hear. But you know what? More so, undoubtedly more so, according to the Word of God, there are going to be those that will shut you off and say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. You've spoken enough about that. I don't want to hear it anymore. Even to the point of anger and disdain and perhaps even attacks against you personally in some way. It's going to happen. Jesus told us it was going to happen. We see, again, examples of it in the New Testament. But let me encourage you on this. Let me encourage you on this one thing. When someone says to you, I don't want to hear about your Jesus anymore. Still tell them about Jesus. You never know when a life might change. After the service last night, I shared the same thing with them last night. After the service, uh, a couple came up and says, for 50 years, my dad had, again, rejected the hope of the gospel. For 50 years, and then 10 years before he passed away, he came to a saving faith in Christ. Now, we don't need to do it, again, not in an obnoxious way. But how about just simply, man, God has been so good to me this week. Hey, can I share with you what, what the Lord did this week in my life? Now, they may say, no, I don't want to hear that. Well, turn it around. Hey, let me share what happened this week. Yeah, what happened? Well, the Lord did this in my life. You know? <laughs> Bring the Lord into the conversation. And pretty soon they're going to be wondering, how come God doesn't do those things in my life? Maybe it's because they're trying to shut him out in every way. Paul and company, they, they come down to Lystra and Derby. Luke tells us, again, amazing healing and amazing response from the people of the city. Look what he says there in verse 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And the man leaped and walked. Now, first of all, I want you to catch this. Luke wants us to ab ab be absolutely certain of the desperateness of this man's condition. Again, he, he brings it out in three different ways. He was without strength in his feet. Oh, that's because he was crippled from his mother's womb. Oh, and because of all that, he had never walked. Okay, do you get the point? This guy is in a desperate situation. Again, uh, all of his life, he had been lame, very similar to the situation where Peter found the man lame there at the gate of the temple. Well, here, Paul, as he's sharing the hope of the gospel message, even with all of the issues that this man had in his life, he was listening in 
to what Paul was saying. Now, we don't find that this man said anything or called out to Paul in, in any way. He just simply was paying attention to the message of God given by the messenger of God. Perhaps he had been beaten down so much in his life, he, he, he didn't even pretend to believe that, that maybe God would do something. But yet, we catch this word as Luke tells us that Paul saw that this man had faith. This man had faith. Had God given Paul that gift of discernment? I believe absolutely so. I believe that as Paul was speaking, Paul looked and saw this man, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Beloved, you don't ever want to see a lame man and tell him to stand up unless the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, okay? Because here, Paul didn't just go up and whisper, uh, listen, uh, nobody's looking. Why don't you see if you could stand? There was a boldness there. Stand up, straight on your feet. And that lame man, there was boldness and faith there. He didn't just try to get up easily. What does it say, man? He leaped up and he walked. Can you imagine if you were there, again, seeing all that's going on? Again, signs and wonders. Here, this man is delivered. This man is healed. This man is set free. Why? Because, again, he had faith, even as he was listening to Paul, the Holy Spirit, through the gift of discernment, showed Paul that this man had faith. And so Paul, moved by the Holy Spirit in boldness, declared and spoke into this man's life, and this man responded. What a powerful message. Down in verse 11, now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices in the Lyconian language. The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Uh-oh, we've got a problem here. Yeah. <laughs> and Barnabas, they called Zeus, and Paul, they called Hermes. Now, some of your versions might say that uh, Barnabas, they called Jupiter, and Paul, they called Mercury. That's the Roman equal to the Greek gods. And again, they called Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker. Now, in Greek mythology, Zeus, he was, he was the powerful deity to the Greeks. He played a powerful part in the life of the Greek people. In ancient Greek mythology, he was the god of the sky. He was the god of lightning, thunder. He was also the god of law and order and justice. And uh, again, uh, at, at that position, Zeus pretty well controlled ancient Greece in their mythology, all of the mortals and the immortals alike. And as I said, he was the equivalent to the Roman god Jupiter. For those uh, that ascribe to the Greek religions, they recognize that Zeus was pretty much the father over all the gods. Whether, again, they were actual descendants from Zeus or not, he was father over all of them. Very powerful icon for the Greeks. Now, Hermes, he is described as one of the sons of Zeus. And according to Greek religion or Greek mythology, catch this, he was the god of trade, merchants, and commerce, but he was also the god of thieves and trickery. <laughs> Funny how those two go together. But then he was also the god of sports and athletes. So what a mess that is. 
Even today, we wonder on that. Now, Hermes, he was, he was the emissary. He was the, the messenger for the gods, and he was also supposedly the conductor of souls onto the afterlife, uh, again, comparable to the Roman god Mercury. They must have considered Paul as Hermes, as the messenger. He was the one that was speaking. He was the one that was giving, uh, again, the, the message, the gospel present, presentation to the people. They probably looked at Barnabas probably standing in the background, probably a little bit older than Paul, looked at him as a Zeus. So the people raised their voice as they began speaking in that Lyconian language. Now there's a, probably a, a, a good chance that neither Paul nor Barnabas really understood what they were saying at first, because again, the Lyconian language was a mixture of both Greek and Syriac, as, as well as a mixture of kind of the, the local dialects that they had. Um, we out here in the West, we think of Spanglish, you know, kind of a combination of others. And probably they didn't quite catch it, but then very quickly the truth got through to them, particularly when they saw the pagan priest. Look at verse 13. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. No way! I mean, can you imagine Paul and Barnabas at this point in time? These guys are calling us Zeus and Hermes. They're getting ready to sacrifice to us. Again, this is total pagan blasphemy. And you got to understand, this pagan blasphemy is happening as a direct result of the power of the one true God healing this man. They have missed it totally. What was so right to begin with, so quickly turned around to go so wrong. Even in the midst of the confusion and the blasphemy though, Paul still found the opportunity to be able to further explain the gospel, or at least the opportunity to begin the message. Look what happens in verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, they literally tore their clothes and they ran in among the multitudes, crying out and saying, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God, the God who made heaven the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness. In that he did good, he gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with all of these sayings, they could scarcely retain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Let me pause right here real quick. Let me ask you the question. What's the difference between this message that he's giving to these Lyconian pagan worshipers versus the message that he would give to those that were in the synagogues? In the synagogues, he would take them right to the scripture, explaining and bringing to the truth the fact that Jesus Christ is the promised Messiah. Here he's talking with pagans. He's talking about the reality of the world and the world that's all around. The things that they ascribe to their mythological gods, he's saying, no, the one true God is the one who made heaven and earth. He's the one that brings rain. That's all we have time for on today's edition of The Open Word. 
Pastor David has been teaching through the book of Acts, introducing you to the early church and how they were radically changed by an encounter with the Holy Spirit. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to let you know how you can listen to more editions of The Open Word. Here's Pastor David. I'm so glad you tuned in today to The Open Word. As you know, this broadcast is meant to share with you the hope, grace, and love that can only be found through Jesus Christ. Would you like to listen to more of them? Well, just visit theopenword.com. You'll be directed to our Facebook page where we're adding all of my previous messages for you to listen to for free. Be sure to like and follow that page and feel free to share it with your friends. That website again is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd like to take a moment before we close and ask you to consider partnering with us here at The Open Word. Would you pray for us and for our listeners? We know the enemy attempts to hinder the truth of the gospel from being spread. He will stop at no cost to prevent even one heart from turning to Jesus. Thanks for partnering with us in this, and thanks for listening to The Open Word. Do you live in Casa Grande? If so, we'd love to meet you. Come join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Directions can be found at theopenword.com. That's all for today. Thanks again for tuning in and for praying for The Open Word.